0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome in. It's the Tuesday edition of the Minnesota Football Party. I'm Sam Ekstrom. That's Luke Inman. Today, a trip around the NFC North. A look at some very interesting circumstances for the Vikings and the teams around them in the division. Don't go anywhere. Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. Welcome in everyone I'm Sam Ekstrom at Sam Ekstrom on Twitter with Lockdown Sports Minnesota find me on the Ron Johnson show and here on the Minnesota football party where we are now four days a week and Luke Inman joins me on Tuesdays and Wednesdays those new shows for the playoff run and beyond he's Luke Inman at Luke underscore Spinman of Lockdown Sports Minnesota what
0: is up Luke? What's going on, Sam? You know, I'm torn. Playoff football is here. Magical, unique season for the Vikings, but that means the draft is right around the corner as well. Can't wait to do a deep dive here with you over the next few months about the draft, but we're not quite there yet. Let's just pump the brakes. Let's get into a little bit of playoff talkers here and NFC North talk today. How about that?
1: That sounds awesome. NFC North is one of the most fascinating divisions in football right now, I think. You've got so four unique circumstances with these four teams. We're going to talk about that and, of course, keys to Vikings-Giants, maybe some Kirk Cousins future discussion coming up here in the Minnesota Football Party, which you can find in the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app, Amazon Fire, and Roku. The Lockdowns for Minnesota channel on YouTube. Please subscribe. Help us get to five thousand subscribers. That's our next milestone. And find us free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Where to begin? Where to begin? Let's just lay this out kind of broadly, Luke, and then we'll we'll zero in on these these teams. You've got the Minnesota Vikings, division champions, but an aging roster, an aging quarterback, an expensive roster competitive rebuild the whole the whole thing you've got the packers aging quarterback expensive quarterback they do not win the division they do not make the playoffs their future is uncertain then you've got these plucky lions who finished second into the division they're on year 3 now coming up in 2023 of their rebuild they seem to have all the momentum and then you've got the lowly bears with oodles of cap space and the number 1 pick You've just got these four teams at different stages sort of of their evolution. Um, We didn't talk much about the Packers' plight Mm -hmm. in yesterday's edition of the Minnesota Football Party. Go back and check that out with Arif Hassan and Luke Braun. But Green Bay storms into Week 18. Seems like people are talking Team of Destiny, and they fall. 20-16, to Aaron Rodgers' future is uncertain. Uh, He doesn't know what he's going to do. The organization may not want him back. It's become a Brett Favre situation, Luke. Um, What's your gut say about where the Packers are at?
0: Yeah, first of all, just sitting down and watching that Packer-Lions game with no skin in the game either, right? As a Viking fan, you're already locked into the playoffs. Nice to be in that situation for once after all those years under Zimmer, kind of coming down to the final week of the season. But, you know, I was just watching that game. You're playing a win and in-game, going into the playoffs. You're red hot, as you mentioned. All the momentum, playing at maybe one of the best home field advantages in football, by the way, Lambeau Field. And the Packers come out and lose this game, Sam, with... For me, there's a lot of things to nitpick and critique, but self-inflicting penalties over and over and over again, shooting themselves in the foot, four critical penalties, two just dumb personal fouls, and two critical turnovers, two, a fumble lost by Aaron Jones and an interception in the fourth quarter. And no discredit to the Lions. Dan Campbell has officially built something in Detroit now. They'll be cemented all offseason as the team on the rise. But Matt LaFleur... Uh, This is who I'm putting this one on, did not have his team disciplined. Not only that game, this entire season, it showed in the first half of the season, and it showed when it mattered most at the end in a win-and-in game at home. And the Packers lost that game more than the Lions won it, in my opinion. And again, no knock to the Lions. They're legit. We'll get to them in a second. But you're right. Yeah, this is the question now. Packers lose that game. Everyone wants to know, now what? Rodgers, you see him slowly walking off the field, kind of soaking up the sights and sounds maybe one last time with Randall Cobb. Got the arm around one another. Reminded me of Murtaugh and Riggs and Lethal Weapon. Cue the credits. Walking into the tunnel, fade to black. Sam, I know you don't watch movies, Lethal Weapon, cult classic with Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. But anyways, we'll get to that on another show. He gets up to the mic, right, in the post-game presser. And you're right. You called it. All's I saw and heard when I watched that presser, I'm not kidding you, it was Brett Favre all over again. Like, it was freaky. Like, time is a flat circle. History repeating itself. (laughs) I was kind of chuckling just sitting there on the couch. All the drama they hated with Brett Favre at the end and Rodgers was never going to do that or be like that, and here we are. It's just like copy-paste. It's the Hollywood reboot that nobody asked for. And really, Sam, I don't know about you, but like when I look at Rodgers in this Packers situation now moving forward, I get how Aaron Rodgers would feel like, at least this season, Looking around, going, come on, guys. Like, I can't do it all by myself here. Clearly one of the worst supporting casts he's had in a long time. The running game all season was very inept. The passing weapons were pretty weak, just inconsistent. Sure, you can Mm -hmm. point to Christian Watson. He went off at the end, but that's just not enough. The defense was bad for the majority of the season, despite a stacked starting roster. The biggest catch-22 of all of it now is, well, yeah, when we've got $300 invested in you, Yeah, it's going to be tough to surround you with massive talent. And, you know, take a step back. Rodgers is one of the best to ever do it. I think he deserves all the money he's getting, but it's just a really tough spot for both parties. And I think that's why, you know, I look at someone like Tom Brady, who for all those years in New England took all those team friendly deals because he knew, okay, if I'm going to win a Super Bowl, not just get in the playoffs and maybe win a game. I'm going to win the Super Bowl and play at my best. Mm -hmm. Then the team needed that money to surround him with the guys that he wanted. And that's why I think the blueprint, it's just so clear and obvious in the NFL now. It's finding a legitimate quarterback on a rookie deal. Everyone wants to find the next Russell Wilson, what the Seahawks did a decade ago, the next Joe Burrow, what the Bengals are doing right now. So how this all ends, I'm not sure. He said he'll what? Take some time, take the emotion out of it, wants to think about it logically. He knows March is free agency doesn't want to hold the team hostage that's good what do you think sam i actually posted a tweet after the game i posted a poll i said whatever packers followers i have honest question are you riding with Rodgers as long as you can get them or are you ready for the jordan love era results are in 166 votes 66.3 percent said they're ready for the Jordan Love era. 33% wow. or one third said, Yeah, I'll take Aaron Rodgers as long as he wants to stick around. So, what do you think the right thing to do is if you're Rodgers and the Packers? And what do you think will actually end up happening at the end of all this?
1: Yeah. Well, I'll say this. When you've gone 13 and three three years in a row, that is your window, right? right. Like very, the very rarely high. do yeah. teams have longer than a three-year window in sports. Now, if your quarterback is is phenomenal, that window might might stay open. Mm-hmm. But Aaron Rodgers this year was not a phenomenal quarterback. Um, you can point to the thumb, you know, the thumb injury, whatever he dealt with. But also Aaron Rodgers has played much better through injuries in the past. I mean, he's, he's always been a, a warrior. He battles through injuries, and he wasn't able to do that this year to the same extent. Um, And you make a good point that it's because of his existence that Devontae Adams was not retained. Like, the two of them could not coexist financially. Um, so it's going to be tough for them to buy talent to surround Rodgers with. They're going to have to draft and develop, and that takes time, and it's also not a guarantee. I think Green Bay needs to get out from this sooner rather than later. Um, that's just my two cents. He's approaching 40. And think of the bounty that you could get for Aaron Rodgers. Like the, Even though he's expensive, there are teams that would clamor to have Aaron Rodgers. Vegas? Um,
0: uh, Derek I Carr, think, Arizona? Vegas, Devontae Adams? Oh my god, can you imagine the reunion? Darren Waller? Mm-hmm. Hunter Renfro? Oh my gosh.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think Vegas, Vegas is definitely posturing for Brady mm-hmm. with the McDaniels reunion. Or... For Rodgers, the Devontae-Rodgers reunion. And you know Devontae um, is still really good. I think he showed that this year with Vegas. Um, Rodgers might have one good bounce-back year left in him. He saw what Brady did in Tampa, going to win a Super Bowl his first year there. I think Rodgers probably has a couple more years left where he at least can maybe you know tap in to, to what he used to be. Um, but Green Bay... I think they gotta look themselves in the mirror. They gotta say, do we want this to go on and on and on? Um, with the money that's wrapped up in Rodgers? um, what we have in Jordan Love, who's now going into his third year. Are we just gonna let his entire rookie deal a first round pick? Are we just gonna let that go to waste? We're never gonna see what Jordan Love can do for us. Mm-hmm. I I tend to think that it is either retirement, um, or and I've kind of changed my mind on this. I think Green Bay considers a trade. I, I used to be. I used to think that now Rodgers wouldn't wouldn't want to go anywhere else. Rodgers will dig his heels in. Now I, I think Green Bay might look at see what they could get and realize this is good for our franchise long term. Um, that is the best way for us to sort of
0: come out of this expensive era and uh, and move forward. And to that point too, when I just look at the Packers twenty twenty two season. I don't think it's necessarily on Aaron Rodgers. I'm with you. I think Aaron Rodgers still has a little bit of gas and a little bit of that star power left in the tank. Remember, when they traded Devontae Adams, okay, now I got two first-round picks. What are you going to do with them? All right, they went defense. They doubled down Mm -hmm. two Georgia front seven defenders, Devontae Wyatt and Quay Walker. That set the tone right there for the season we are going to be a defensive-oriented team first and foremost. That defense was supposed to carry this team. That was supposed to be a top-five defense, and they were going to run the ball and let Rodgers do what he does. Late in fourth quarters, don't turn the ball over. Make just enough big plays when you needed them. That was not the case. Aaron Rodgers still felt like he needed to carry this team because that defense never really lived up to the bar and expectations that they set when they traded away Devontae and used both those early picks on the defensive side of the ball and said, you know what? You're Rodgers. You don't need help. We need to stockpile this defense. So I think Joe Barry that defensive coordinator, he's going to take a lot of heat this off season. And if anything, I wouldn't be surprised if they cut ties with Joe Barry and bring a new defensive coordinator in, but you're right. Like Sam, it's going to be very interesting, probably pretty dramatic the next few months. That's for sure. It definitely feels like the window is closing on that final chapter of not just the Packers, but all those quarterbacks you and I grew up watching. Drew Brees is gone. Eli Peyton, big Ben, Phillip rivers, now Brady and Rogers, not far mm-hmm. behind. And of course, Ushering in the new wave, like new school kids now. It's the new era. Did you see the quarterbacks in the AFC playoffs alone? Patrick Mahomes is the oldest one. Seven teams are in the AFC playoffs. He's the oldest one at 27. Mahomes, Herbert, Lamar. Tua, Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence. It's just wild, man. Let's connect this back to the Vikings here. What do you think the right play is for Kwesi and KOC when it comes to Kirk Cousins' long-term future with the Vikings? Would you like to see them invest in a young quarterback early in the draft? Or is it something you're better off just at this point, you know what, trying to squeeze every last drop out of Cousins for another maybe three, four years, knowing full well, though, like Rodgers and the Packers, you're going to have to pay a big chunk for them while doing so.
1: Yeah, so let's, let's also circle this back to what we're talking about with Green Bay. If Aaron Rodgers retires or is dealt, mm-hmm. you've got Green Bay with Jordan Love. You've got Chicago coming off a league-worst season, probably with a new quarterback, or actually not necessarily with a new quarterback, but probably with a bunch of good pieces uh, from free agency in the draft. Mm-hmm. Maybe not a quarterback, though. And then you've got Detroit like the hottest team in football and they just ran out of time to, to make the playoffs. I think the Vikings probably enter the season as slight favorites in the NFC North. Like I, I still think that people's doubt about them is still in play. Like I think all of the, the regression analysts will be saying, Oh, the one score games can't continue the mm-hmm. turnover luck, you know, what have you, the Vikings are not a shoe in to win this division. Right. Um, but I, I've, I've long said, Luke, with you and with other people that when your core on offense is Jefferson, Hawkinson, Osborne, we'll see about Thielen, maybe Dalvin Cook, you know, maybe Irv Smith, Brian O'Neill, Christian Derisaw, you're gonna tell me that you're not going to roll at least for the next couple of years with Kirk Cousins as your the steward of all of that. It's a good point. I, Great point. I think I think you have to. So I I think that the Vikings best play is to continue treating this year to year. Right now Kirk Cousins is locked up for 2023. I think he's earned one more year. Um and at his age, you know, knowing his sensibilities, I think Kirk is going to take that. I think Kirk and Kirk has, you know, he's put it on record himself, he has not always played great. Kirk has said it. So I don't think it's not like Kirk's stats are so overwhelmingly good that he's going to say no guys, I need 3 years. I think you give him one. I think if he takes one, you give him one. And then you've got him through 2024. Now, beyond 2023, Luke, I think it's fuzzy. Like I don't think you want Kirk Cousins around long-term if you do have to tear this down to the studs eventually, and that could happen. But I still see that window that I talked about. I still see that window peaking open in 2023 as well because whatever might happen in terms of regression, Luke, like if it's let's say some of the analytics come back to bite you and, and kind of turn the other way, whatever happens there, I think might get offset by having another year in the in the system because I think that that can't be overlooked that the second year with KOC is only going to yield improvement on offense and hopefully on defense too. you can't be worse on defense. so I think that the scheme knowledge might actually keep this team competitive next year, even if regression kind of come brings them back to the pack. What do you think about that? that?
0: That is the key. That's the catalyst for me. That's the thing I'm pounding the table for. It would be a shame to not get one more year, a second year with Kirk Cousins in this system under KOC. We all know, Sam, how difficult it is for any quarterback, Hall of Fame, Pro Bowl, you name it, any quarterback, year one in a new offensive system, to get that second year, they always come back so much more comfortable, more confident. You can add more wrinkles in now, more play designs. It would be a shame to not be able to see that, to be stripped of that right as Vikings fans, not to be able to see Kirk Cousins and all the offensive weapons and toys you just laid out for us under KOC one more year. And knowing you're picking so late in round one, knowing you're already short on picks, no second rounder for the high concentrate I mean, I would love to get KOC a young quarterback. He wants to hand pick out from this class. It's a loaded quarterback class, by the way, and let him sit and learn the nuances for a year behind cousins in 2023. But with so many other needs on the team and such a late draft slot, I just don't think this is the ideal year to do it. Having said that, I mean, let me play devil's advocate with myself here for a second. I'm not sure yeah. they're e- they ever plan on picking in the top five. You don't go into one season and go, all right, next year we're picking in the top five. Then we're going to take a quarterback. So I don't think that's ever going to be quasi or KOC's mindset. No, they don't plan on picking in the top five or top 10 anytime soon. And you can still find guys in the second and third round if he fits your specific system. Look at Jalen Hurts right now. Lamar Jackson went 32nd overall. I just don't think there's ever going to be the perfect time to draft a quarterback. So maybe this is the year you can get a guy like Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. He's coming off the ACL tear, so he'll drop probably right in your lap, end of round one. Sooner or later, though, whether it's a guy like Hooker, whether they wait a whole other year to draft a guy, sooner or later, though, They'll have to draft a quarterback for the future. I know that. Uh, and by the way, too, I don't want to get too far away of this. I didn't want to discredit the Lions at all. Let's circle back to the Lions just here for a second. I think that is one of the best up-and-coming teams in the NFL because they've got the right coach that fits what they want to do. That's step one, first and foremost. They've got such a young core of talent. Their core guys are all young. Amon Brown, Swift, Jamison Williams, Penny Sewell, Hutchinson, mm-hmm. Jeff Okuda, Blake Rodriguez, Kirby Joseph had the game ceiling pick against Aaron Rodgers. They're all young, though, Salmon. Now they've got five top 80 picks in the draft, two first-rounders, including the sixth overall pick. And guess what? Unlike a lot of teams that, that are drafting top 10, top 5, they don't have to take a quarterback if they don't want to. They can roll with Jared Goff. So it's a crazy feel-good story, I think, even if you're a Vikings fan, that this team has just been at the mm-hmm. bottom of the dumpster since, what, Barry Sanders left, and they finally feel like, you know what, they know what they're doing now. And what I was most impressed with Sunday versus the Packers outside of the brilliant play calling by Ben Johnson, who, I don't know about you, Sam, I think he should get some head coaching looks here he, this offseason. He is. Get, him out of, Panthers. get him out of the division.
1: Is that right? The, Pan- the Panthers are already interviewing him, and this wow. is this is the that. potential hiccup, Luke, in their rebuilding plan. It, they're a victim of their own success In is that, number one, Ben Johnson is probably going to leave. He's been amazing. He's right. one of the I think to Brilliant. get what he got out of Jared Goff, unbelievable. And now we've seen Jared Goff fluctuate in his career when when the person the coaching personnel changes around him. Um, I know he always had McVeigh, but you know the different voices in his his ear in L.A. Um, we've seen him like kind of top out and then bottom out. If he loses Ben Johnson, does Goff regress? Does the Lions offense regress and have the Lions maybe convinced themselves they don't need a quarterback and then suddenly they lose Ben Johnson and oh shoot now? Goff looks like he did in 2020. It's a great point. But you know that that it's is gonna be point. the one hurdle is can they sustain the lot because we've seen this happen with you know the Bears before, with the Packers, they lose Hackett and Hackett, terrible head coach, he might have been the the coordinator that kept things together in Green Bay and they lose him. Um, so just like, it's just an interesting dynamic when you have those teams with those upcoming offensive coordinators, you lose them and it can legitimately throw you off
0: for a season if you don't nail it with that replacement. Coaching matters. Coaching is so important. I didn't get it when I was a kid. Watch it. I thought, hey, you got Randy. You just throw it to Randy. Coaching is so important, especially in today's NFL. And you bring up a great point. I'll never forget when Leslie Frazier took over. He fixed the defense. Worst to middle of the pack. Mike Tomlin was his defensive assistant he ends up getting a job goes to Pittsburgh and then obviously the rest is history Mike Tomlin obviously one of the best coaches in the NFL over the last decade so you bring up a great point though it's going to be interesting to see if Ben Johnson does indeed go get a head coaching job sounds like he's going to be a wanted man for sure as he should be circling back though I was just going to say the Lions ability to run the ball not just Sunday versus the Packers but all year they did it I mean you remember the two Vikings Lions games they Mm -hmm. ran all over us twice and something's Never change over the years running the ball in December and January. It's a must, like it's a prerequisite. You want to be successful in the playoffs, you got to run the ball. Lions did it, Packers couldn't Sunday, even with AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. And now I'm looking at this Vikings Giants matchup here. I'm wondering how well the Vikings will be able to run the ball now that the playoffs are started against this Giants defense. Because tell me if I'm wrong, man, you know, help me off the ledge. Because just mm-hmm. in general, it really hasn't felt like the Vikings outside of a handful of long splash, home run plays from Dalvin, have really been able to rush the ball consistently much this season, game in and game out. And I just know, now that the playoffs are here, they're going to have to figure that out because you can't just rely on Kirk to drop back 40 times a game and do it all himself. What's your thoughts on the Vikings' running game this week versus the Giants, and just in the playoffs in general?
1: Well, you're not crazy to say the Vikings have struggled to run the ball this year. Nine times, so over half their games, as a team they've been below 100 yards not just dalvin yeah. as a team below 100 yards and then they had one game with 102 so they barely snuck over they have not been an efficient rushing offense like that like they don't rush in, they don't rush much they don't rush much at all tongue twister 28th in attempts 27th in yards 26th in rush average that's really inefficient and yesterday somebody asked kevin o'connell point blank what does a good rushing offense look like to you? And his first word was efficiency. That's absolutely not what they've been. They've been a completely feast or famine. Um, kind of like the end of the Adrian Peterson era, where it was a lot of, you know, pounding your head up against a brick one, wall. Two, Zero, negative one. one, yes, one. Yeah, Vikings Dude. had an inordinate number of negative rushes this year, Luke. It's
0: been- uh, no, Dalvin Dalvin alone is tied for the league lead and not only fumbles loss, forget about that for a second, mm-hmm. but lead league in runs for no gain or less. No stat. other running back uh, leads the league in runs for no gain or less. And if you've sat down and watched more than three or four games all year, just sit down and watch them. It feels like that, doesn't it? I mean, you're really banking and gambling on that long run like the Miami game. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Fourth quarter, mm-hmm. maybe the end of the third quarter, I believe, actually. Early fourth quarter, boom, 75-yarder. All right, but you you need those runs, one a game, two a game. Otherwise, it's just so hard to put your not only offense but quarterback, offensive line, it's second and long and third and long over and over and over again.
1: Yeah, this is this is a scheme thing once again. I think it could get better next year. Yeah. But – Dalvin cook has not taken to this scheme the way they hoped. Um, If you look at his rush yards over expected, it's actually negative for the first time in his career. Mm -hmm. He, and, and, and that's, that's not all on him. It's partly on him. I think because he's been playing a little banged up this year, you know, it's, that's kind of both credit and detriment, like good job, Dalvin. You haven't missed a game this year, but also I don't think he's been as effective playing, playing through that, Mm -hmm. but the offensive line schematically has not taken as well to this scheme. Like last year, they could still run the ball at like there were games against Arizona, against Pittsburgh, Detroit. There were games where they would just pound it down other teams' throats, 200 yards as a team. And then that just hasn't been the case this year at all. So I think that that's another area where next year you can expect them to improve a lot in the run game with some more time on task. Um,
0: Question but, is: Is Dalvin going to be around for that? Forty seventh mm-hmm. graded running back, according yep. to PFF. Problem is, don't don't fourth know. highest, fourth highest paid at the position. So that'll you got to run hot, the
1: ball if point. if you are going to go on the road, Luke, and yeah. win a playoff game or yeah. two. Yeah. you got to run it a little bit, and I don't know if they can. I, I even in the games where like the team total ended up being all right, like Miami, okay, one fifty six as a team, but you had a sixty yard run in there right buffalo uh 147 as a team you had an 81 yard run in there so it's it's literally you're waiting for the explosion but what are you sacrificing to get there how many right. three and outs is that causing mm-hmm. it's 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 been kind of painful to watch to be honest not to be too negative Plenty more NFC North talk coming up. What will the Bears do with the number one pick? That comes up a little bit later. Let me tell you about today's presenting sponsor, BetOnline.net. Your number one source for all the sports trends, news, analysis, all the betting lines. Last night, TCU, 13-point dogs. They lost by 58. Uh, That was crazy. The Vikings favored by three against the Giants. At home at U.S. Bank Stadium, you can get that line and all the NFL playoff lines at BetOnline.net. They've also got MLB when the season comes around, NBA, NHL, UFC, boxing, golf, uh, the whole nine yards. Check it out. They've also got great sports podcasts there as well. It's BetOnline. It's on your mobile device, too. It's where the game starts.
0: Um, yeah, I, we, I will say, too, just a yeah. quick side note, uh, Giants this week, just looking at this specific matchup, they have not been good at stopping the run this year. They have been great at getting after the quarterback, though. I know you brought that up. You and Luke talked about that. Their blitz rate, getting home with four if they want to. But getting this running game going early, however you got to do it, that's a big key. Maybe it's more balanced approach with Alexander Madison. He He seems to give you more consistent. Yeah, you're not getting the home run but he's giving you more consistent four, five, six-yard gashes, and that could be a big key for me this week. I just want to point out, Giants could be getting some big starters back on the defensive Mm -hmm. side of the ball this game. Adoree Jackson, I think Arif mentioned he was going to be out. Sounds like he's going to try to practice this week. And then Leonard Williams, former top-five pick, when you pair him inside next to Dexter Lawrence, who, quick side note too, people don't realize Dexter Lawrence – has been maybe one of the best overall defenders in the entire league. I get it. Nose tackles will never get a lot of love or spotlight, but he leads all nose tackles in quarterback pressures with 40 this year. The next closest is B.J. Jones with 13. Sam, he's got 27 more pressures than the next closest guy. And we all know one thing that will ruin Kirk Cousins' day is interior pressure right up the gut. So getting Leonard Williams back might cause some serious problems Mm -hmm. for this offensive line next to Dexter Lawrence because they're down Brian O'Neill and possibly Garrett Bradbury as well.
1: Well, how big is Bradbury if he plays? Like, Huge. I, I, yeah. I think, I think you prefer Bradbury because of all the stuff pre-snap that he does, mm-hmm. his work in the run game. You want to try to run the ball, but you also you didn't have him first the first time you played this team. So this is his first look against sort of this like monster of Dexter Lawrence this year, maybe ever. It might be his first time playing Dexter Lawrence. I can't recall if mm-hmm. they've had maybe in 2019 he went up against him, but. Dexter Lawrence, career high in sacks, Pro Bowl selection, uh, Garrett Bradbury has always struggled against those big nose tackles, interior linemen, so that that could be a worrisome spot to put Bradbury in after not playing for a month and a half, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Absolutely. So I, I still, I think I prefer Bradbury to read, but... That's a gigantic red flag.
0: It's gonna be tough if you got Oliudo or maybe it's Blake Brandle, knowing that you're gonna have to slide extra protection over on that right side as well. So having not just O'Neill, but maybe Bradbury out as well. And to your point, even if Bradbury plays. Maybe he's still a little bit you know, lost in the woods there that first half. It's going to be very interesting, and it's going to be tough for these coaches to drop a safe play design to make sure when Kirk does drop back on those second and third and long situations, he does have the proper time to scan the field and take some shots downfield.
1: Let's complete our tour around the NFC North and then get out of here. So yep. Jalen Carter wins a national championship last night for the Georgia Bulldogs. They won by like 84 points or something. Uh, Bears pick number one overall is Jalen Carter, the Bears pick at one, or is that getting traded for a quarterback?
0: Sam, this, we saw it up close and personal just what, two, three days ago, that Bears team is the worst roster in the NFL. It was back going into the season. That was before they traded Robert Quinn and Rohan Smith. So this roster is not one piece away by any means. And Jalen Carter or Will Anderson flip a coin, top two non-quarterbacks in the entire draft, that would be a great addition. But if I'm Ryan Poles, I am creating a bidding war and I am getting a king's ransom out of that number one overall pick. Remember, as high as they're picking, they don't have a second round pick because they traded for Chase Claypool. That's basically a first round pick, a late first that they don't have they gave away for Chase Claypool. So they got some early picks. Number one overall pick though I don't think they'll stay put. They shouldn't think again. Teams will be knocking on their door. There is a handful of teams not just one or two, a handful of teams in the top 10, top 12 that need a quarterback. There's three great ones this year. CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, and Will Levis from Kentucky. Give that pick up to the highest bidder. Move. Down down to seven, eight, 9, 10, 11. Sure, that might seem like a long drop. You're still going to get a great player. Even if you move down a couple spots, you still might end up with Jalen Carter or Will Anderson or a blue chip player, nonetheless. Point is, this roster is so bad. One pick isn't going to save the day. I would trade that thing down to the highest bidder.
1: Yeah, it feels that way. Um, it feels like the Bears are going to make a lot of noise in this offseason. Mm-hmm. They're going to go into 2023 with an immense amount of potential. But I think it takes a year for the bears for that to gel. I think Justin field still needs to get a lot more reliable as an arm talent before I can really believe in him as a franchise quarterback. The leg, the legs are unbelievable. Um, and the running ability is game changing. So if he can just pair that with a little bit more through the air and Chicago is a tough place for quarterbacks, Luke, mm-hmm. I mean, th- this might be the perfect quarterback for Chicago because you know, other than Jay Cutler, who had a nice little run, it's hard to consistently throw in the Windy City. That's just a difficult environment to to be a good quarterback in. But if you can run, that mitigates, you know, sort of the 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 difficulty of playing in that stadium in that environment. So Justin Fields might be the perfect quarterback there. I think it's going to be until 2024, where the Bears can really be taken seriously. I think the Lions are one step ahead of them. I think next year they are a legitimate contender unless the ben johnson thing throws them off so in closing luke really quickly give me your knee-jerk 2023 power rankings, NFC North?
0: We'll go uh, Kings of the North. They stay on top. Minnesota Vikings just wait for year two of KOC and Quasi. Number two, Detroit Lions. They're not Mm -hmm. just knocking on the door gently. They're huffing and puffing. They have kicked that door down, and they're the real deal. Number two, Detroit Lions. Green Bay Packers, they get number three by default, but we have no idea if Aaron Rodgers is going to be there or not. That obviously goes a long way to determining their future success, but the Chicago Bears, regardless of Rogers is there or not, the Bears are so far away. Like you just mentioned, it'll probably take another year to gel. The Chicago Bears will be at the bottom of the cellar once again in 2023. And I will say this too, just to add to your point, there's going to be Justin Fields people. They give him excuses, right? That give him this big window until they surround him with the proper weapons. They need to go get him a true alpha number one receiver, and they need to get him at least one, if not two, better offensive linemen. They got $100 million in cap. They got yeah. the number one overall pick. They can do it. They can do it whatever way they want to do it. But until they get him weapons and surround him with talent, no matter how much he struggles or gets hurt, there'll always be people that say, well... Yeah, but he doesn't have the right talent and supporting cast around him is my point.
1: Ryan Poles is going to be playing fantasy football <laughs> this, for the next three months. It's, it's yeah. kind of a fun fun spot for him to be in. Yeah. Whereas Quasi is going to be penny pinching and uh, having to make some tough decisions. So, well, Luke even Braun though,
0: told us the cap is a myth, and there's ways around this cap for Quasi <laughs> and Rob Brzezinski. Rob Brzezinski, though, you might as well just inflate the uh, inflatable mattress up at TCO right now. He's going to spend the next four months sleeping at TCO. He's got a lot of work to do with the this. Pull out cotton. a mess in yeah. the office. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. So remember, we are four days a week now on the Minnesota Football Party. Tomorrow, mailbag edition. Get in your questions at Sam Ekstrom at Luke underscore Spinman. We're going to be joined by Carol Evans, Reggie Wilson, and we'll talk through Vikings Giants. Send in your off-season questions if you want. Never too early to start looking ahead. And uh, and we'll we'll break this down. And then Thursday, back with Arif Hassan and Luke Braun. Good stuff, Luke. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Find us free and available wherever you get your podcasts or find us on the Locked On Sports Minnesota app on Amazon Fire and Roku. For Luke, I'm Sam. See you tomorrow on the Minnesota Football Party. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free
0: on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.